BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is brought to you by the Chairshot Radio Network on the Chairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head. And a very happy Juneteenth to everybody. Happy post-Father's Day to all those fathers out there from yesterday as we were airing this on a Monday. Lots of days to celebrate and recognize. We have got some of our OGs here on the bandwagon. We got myself. We've got the lawyer, David Ungar. We've got the live studio audience, Mr. Saturday Night, the man of a million monikers, PC Tunney, also here on the show. Gentlemen, we're here We're going to talk to Flash today. It's finally time, everybody, to hear whether or not PC Tunney gets to celebrate over over Patrick O'Dowd's reaction to the Flash. Because because PC Tunney has has made a pretty bold statement. Now, Dave is smiling because Dave is recalling exactly how I responded instantly after watching the movie. I did did post an instant reaction. As I saw the movie on Friday with a little O'Dowd, we're going to talk all about that with the three of us and maybe a fourth. We'll see if that happens. If it does, great. If it doesn't, also great. Uh, we have a solid trailer park, not a, not a uh, spectacular trailer park in front of us. Before we get into a bunch of news regarding DCU casting, we're going to talk major, major changes to the 
Disney Studio releases release dates and, and projects and say goodbye to a comic book legend before we wrap the show with me giving Dave and PC Tony a choice, a decision to make. Both of them are surprised because they don't know that I'm going to give them this choice. I already know what the answer to the choice. I already know what the choice is going to be. That's how confident I am. But I'm going to give it to It's going to be a lot of fun. Great show. But let's kick it all off by heading into DC Universe. Kids, this is your warning. We're two minutes and 42 seconds by my recording time into this show where I tell you, if you have not seen The Flash and you want to be spoiler free, stop listening to the program now because we about to spoil the shit out of this movie. Guys, I haven't even asked you how you are today. So I, you know, how are you? Hope you hope you're doing well. I heard the golf, you know, Tony shared before the show his golf game is not up to par. Listen, <laughs> you know, as uh, that's well done, not today. Um, but more importantly, it is Father's Day as we record. Happy Father's Day to the both of you. And I did get a chance to play golf today with my dad, his brother, my uncle, and his son, my cousin. So we try to do that every year and had enough time to go to the bar and have a couple beards and some food. And my 70 year old father shot 79 today. Good for him. Cheers, Dad. Well done. Happy Father's Day. Excellent. Dave, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, played golf yesterday. Flew solo because nobody wanted to play with me, Tony. I know. <laughs> Tony would have been there. But uh, yeah, good time. Ready to talk about the oh, uh, the movie so that's going to save the DC universe. Uh, no, well, I mean, no. Well, okay. We're going to talk about that part last because I when, I when I think of interesting bones to pick with with the Flash and its and its marketing strategy, this is one that I think is going to be fun to talk about. Let's just talk about the movie itself. And yes, noble listener, I saw it. And if if this comes as a surprise to you, then you haven't been listening to the show. In my opinion, the movie was fine. It's fine. It's not Can the I, worst DC I movie I've you. ever seen in my life. One yes or no question. One yes or no question. Okay. Did you find yourself leaving the theater entertained? That's a tough question. I rolled my eyes a lot. Um, I didn't feel like it was a complete waste of my money. Like I would have felt, oh, I get, you know, if I'd seen the Justice League again. Like I wasn't mad at it. Um, It was okay. There were moments. But would I say that it was overtaining? Like if, if I were to ratio the entertained from not entertained, you know, here, I'll actually throw this back at you. You know the <laughs> gift bullshit, Dave. Show, you know the gift you show of Larry David where yeah. he's like Yeah, okay. That is kind of that. Like I would have been Patrick, fine had I not spent Patrick, my money to see it. I didn't listen, feel like it was a complete waste of my money or time. I want to thank you for being you because I personally love you. So thank you for answering thank that you. question I'm, as Patrick O'Dowd would answer it. Absolutely. Here's the thing. That, uh, that I'll share as we talk about instant reactions. So, of course, the little O'Dowd, who is a huge Flash fan, like, loves the Flash. Oh, this is this is a quote that you guys are never going to forget. And this is this is an honest-to-God quote from the little O'Dowd. So when I say this, there are going to be people out there who are like, that's bullshit. No, an 11-year-old actually said this to me after the movie. He leans over to me. And I was like, hey, you know, did you, did you like it? Was it everything you wanted? And he was like, I can't say that I liked it or I didn't like it so much as I experienced. And that to me is the most telling response to the flash film. What an 11 year old child is like, I can't 
say one way or the other, but I definitely experienced it. I can tell you now before we even start talking about the movie that I think if you could have had the ability to watch this in 3D, it would have been a better movie. <laughs> no, and I mean, and I don't, and I don't mean that from the guy who wants this, you know, that basically, I, you know, I just love that. But you guys think about, think about what you watched and how much better it would have been with that. I'm just saying it would have been better, period. I'll get, and I won't there, talk there were, about it. There the were a lot. Right. There were, there were a lot of opportunities. And I think that's true with a lot of superhero movies. Like there's always opportunities for the sort of immersiveness that is 3d to be a major part of the film. I think to the, you know, the opening sequence where he's rescuing the the babies in the hospital, like that would have been, yeah. And the puppy as, as Tony's making a puppy face as we talk, but you can't see it because we don't, we weren't on Twitch or YouTube, but yeah, I think that there was some, 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 Special effects is a big sticking point for a lot of folks on this movie. Uh, there's been people who have really disliked how it looks. Little O'Dowd was very critical, uh, mostly of how Ezra Miller looked running. Like, he really thought that it looked like he didn't think it looked good. They have like, never he got it right. Never got explain, it right. I can explain his stance on this movie to you real easily. He really likes the CW's Flash. Well, and it's funny. Way different. Uh, it's way different. Grant is completely different Flash than right. Ezra. And the, and the and the it was just it was so it was so interesting. And I really I thought it, there was an interesting interview with the director of the film with regards to the special effects and the looks. And they were like, "Well, that's you know how reality looks to the Flash when he's running through whatever." And I, I want my money back on that argument because I'm sorry, I. You're saying they look like bad video game CGI things. Like it's, there were just moments where it looked creepy and weird, and I didn't, I didn't dig it so much. Uh, Dave, you haven't spoken much yet. I, I've actually kind of monopolized, monopolized. Monopolated. There's a new word. Nice. What do you think of the Flash? When I left last night, I had texted the same thing that Tony did. That I thought it was good, but not great. In the hours, the roughly 12 hours since I've seen it, I am downgrading it as it goes along to, mm, it's still kind of good, but not really. There are a lot of problems with this movie. By, by the way, I did want to congratulate the both of you because both of you hit on the Deadpool, I think, this time around, right? Because one of you picked, did one, didn't one of you pick Michael Keaton last week? He's going to die. Oh, I got the Michael Keaton. specifically I got, brought it up right after the movie was over. And he looked and over wrote, at me and said, he goes, I got to come on tomorrow because we were both right about the Deadpool. And then I went on to explain to him why no one was really right. Well, and Tony, you were who, right. Who did, it was not pick, Thomas pick, Wayne. Well, that yeah. we, yeah, I listen since that second trailer came out and now you can tell why I was so hardcore on that side. But unfortunately, let's talk about this first. Just not Flashpoint really at all. They just no. said, we're going to take the premise of Flashpoint Dave. and not anything about it. Because one of the hugest things about Flashpoint and why Flashpoint should have been a trilogy done by somebody the correct way is the Atlanteans and the Amazons destroy Western Europe. None of that's in here. Like, no, great. great. And I'll, shows I'll, I'll their take ass it a step away further. Aquaman falls asleep in a puddle and says this is home, okay? Right. But this... that's it. You're missing everything about it. Right. This was a bait so... and switch. Is what this was. This was set up as Flashpoint, and it had nothing to do with Flashpoint. Zero. It wasn't. And that's the biggest, biggest complaint I had. They had an opportunity to reset things, and they just didn't go there at all. They didn't even act like it was going on. 
Yeah, it, this I love hearing you two get very passionate about this because, as you all know, make mine Marvel. Like that's that's always been who I am. And I, I did. I was like, I, I kind of figured we were going Flashpoint Paradox from the second we started fighting Zod. Like when you see like Zod yeah, and then Superman battle, like then like you've de- like that's a r- huge departure. I thought it was interesting because back when we saw the trailers and we saw Kara lifting the body up that none of us thought it was Barry, or at least none of the guys who reviewed the trailer thought it was Barry. We thought it was the Nicolas Cage Superman, which it wasn't. We got Nicolas Cage Superman later in the film. If there was, and that's the thing, the other thing to me, and this is where, you know, it was fine. So it was so much fan service, dude. And like, this is the thing is I really, hold on, hold on. Let me finish my thought. I don't mind fan service. Like, and I think people think that I really hate it, but I don't. And I didn't mind actually the fan service of the different realities, like kind of crashing into each other with the different versions of Superman, where that's where we saw Nicolas Cage. We saw George Reeves. We saw Christopher Reeve. We saw um, Helen Slater. Like, by the way, how fucking random was that one? Of all the random Superman shit to pull out, Helen Slater as Supergirl, like, that one was like, oh, wow. They really were like, well, we have all the properties. Let's just fucking put them all in there. Uh, sh- sh- short of Henry Cavill, who shows up differently uh, as, as, as the first time Barry's kind of running through time. You know, his image is there. But those weren't the fan servicey things that like sort of like, that sort of stuff doesn't drive me nuts. I hated the, the Bruce Wayne reveal at the end that everybody else went nuts for, like when Clooney gets out of the car. Like, I was like, fuck it. Like, I literally was like, fuck that. Did you say loud? No, because I have a, a 11-year-old okay. sitting next to me. But it happened, and we had a theater of about, that was about a quarter full, but we were all in the center towards the top. Like, all the seats got, like, you know, the premiums. And we're at the top. And and I look over at Dan, and because we were like, we know, okay, that's not, um, that's not Affleck. And I look at Dan, and he looks at me, and I go, bail? And he goes, bail. And sure enough, Clooney comes out, and I smile, and I go, "Boo, fuck that!" That's yeah. hilarious. I was hoping it was bail too, but here's the funniest. The funniest part to me about it was like I looked at I looked at the little Odell. He's like, "I don't get it," because he's never seen that Batman. He's Good. like, he had no idea. He doesn't what need that was. to. Here's the only but, thing I thought though: it we didn't ever get 100 percent confirmation that he was Batman, right? Clooney. Yeah, I mean. It, it was pretty clear that was Bruce Wayne. But yeah. said, walking out of the he, car. He didn't say he was Batman, or he didn't say he was Bruce Wayne. He just said, but I'm just saying, no, no, just, just, just go with me for one second, for one second. Right? Uh, okay, okay. What if he's going to be Alfred? He's not coming up. Uh, just no, no. Here's here's why, and here's why, because you talked about a bait and switch. This movie was a bait and switch, even bigger a, than the Flashpoint thing. Lie. This was a bait and switch on the James Gunn cinematic universe. Everybody thought this is the start of the James Cinematic Universe. To me, this is very fucking clear. Hey, this is what we have left with this property. We are putting it to bed, and we're going to have a little fun with it before we do. Like, that's what we saw. This is his Elseworld. 100%. Completely an Elseworld story. Like, this is is not, like... It was the end of the DC. It was get the E out. This was the end of the E. Snyder, Snyderverse, Snyder Cup fans, you're done. You're done. And... But you know, like but it was nice. But they're not because Aquaman's still lurking out there. Aquaman too. Is but it's lurking. just gonna be a thing, dude. Yeah. It's just gonna be a show. It's just gonna. Here's here's what it, you say. But this, there's no but. Gunn himself 
has even said Blue Beetle is the star. Yep. Like he he said it in an interview like last week. And DC fans, any we're gonna say this one more time as a collective on 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 BWA because I am going to put words into Tony and Dave's mouth. Don't expect anything out of Aquaman. Just don't. I wanna, don't expect it to be what I want to throw this out to you. Hold on, Tony. I got a question for you guys. If Flash and I don't know what you guys experienced. My theater was, I'd say, three quarters full. Um, I've I, not seen box office numbers yet. If yeah, this, it's, it's if this bombs, okay, and the Ezra backlash is bigger than than you know Warner Brothers thought, what do you think the chances are that they just say fuck it, man? We're not even going to put Aquaman two out there. It's a waste of our time. No, no, because Momoa oh. Momoa is not Ezra oh. Miller. Like Momoa right. is they got Amber Heard, and bankable. she's got backlash too. No, it's Momoa. They're gonna oh, hear. Here's what I was gonna it's, say. They have a one bullet in the chamber, and it's guaranteed to make money. That that movie's gonna make money. It's we not gonna thought this was guaranteed to make money too. So so everybody, while you're fighting, and mom and dad are talking, uh, on Father's, the Flash disappoints with fifty five million dollar debut. Now it it won, but Asteroid City nabs the highest per theater, like like for its showings per theater, it did better. Pixar's Elemental bombed. It only made two million. Like it's it's bad. Spider Verse kept pace. Like it didn't win, but it kept pace. El- oh, sorry, Elemental flops with twenty nine and a half million. Uh, but yeah, that's not good. Fifty five million, uh, fifty five million dollar debut. That's per variety as of uh, this morning uh, at eight twenty two a.m. So that um, it's telling. Whether Very. well, and here's the thing: is whether that is. Ezra Miller toxicity, whether that is Snyder versus bad taste in the mouth, whether that is what like whatever fatigue it is, it shows that the nostalgia strength of a of a Michael Keaton Batman wasn't enough. There's just so much that was working against this movie that was being rewritten and redone over and over and over again. At least with Momoa and Aquaman, like because I make fun of the first Aquaman movie a lot. I call it Underwater Thor. It was an entertaining movie. Like it was beautiful. Talking about a movie that was great in 3D, like it was fucking gorgeous. Now, how much Amber Heard's really involved with Aquaman two and and that marketing? They're they're just they're gonna wipe the slate clean with these characters. Like it's done. It's done well, like dinner. Right. It's D E D dead. We're we, we're done. I think um you He's know out. and I was talking about it last night and I know Ray's mentioned it before. Blue Beetle takes on a whole new meaning now. I think because like you're saying, this is gun saying this is the start and. Blue Beetle is a character that's going to appeal to the younger generation much more than like our generation. That's a character that's much and Ray's talked about it much more in line with people of his age and younger. So I think you could see Blue Beetle surprise and get a lot of people coming out to see it that, you know, you're not expecting. Right. And I hope so I, we'll, because we'll they see. need something. We'll see. The, the little O'Dowd wants to. Uh, and that's, I, that's I, a good sign. I, what, that's a good sign. What what I what I really pulled out of it, uh, which which I found fascinating, the little O'Dowd, I talked about this. He does the the Roman Emperor thumbs up, thumbs down when trailers come on. He thumbs up Blue Beetle. He thumbs up the Meg Two. Okay, fair enough. He's eleven and it's a giant fucking shark, Tony. Like it's multiple that, like, multiple giant oh, sharks. I, we didn't get that uh, trailer. We got that trailer. He thumbs up Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which surprised me because he's never really been like Indiana Jones. Woo! Um, but Dial of Destiny, he was all in, and uh, he thumbs down to Mission Impossible, which makes me sad because 
I've um, oh fuck off. I love those movies. We got Oppenheimer and Barbie. He definitely th- he 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 very strongly thumbs down to both Oppenheimer and Barbie. Dude, Barbie's going to be excellent. Uh, Oppenheimer's a little bit. Poop. That's a little serious. Oppenheimer might maybe need to be seen in the theater. To be honest with. You. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be up for all of the Oscar award nominations. It's gonna be excellent. It's definitely gonna be that movie. Um, what was the? I think those were it. But uh, and then he he mentioned because we saw a standee for the Ninja Turtle uh, animated film. He's ready for that one now too. He's on board after the uh, the follow up trailer. But you know, as I sit there and go through this, I, I will say this about the Flash, and maybe a different actor makes this a better received movie. the The direction of the film was fine. I don't know who, maybe Grant Houston, uh, but apparently he was too busy to do it uh, or whatever. Or they didn't want him to do it. There were there were Easter eggs that I appreciated. Tony, did you catch the WB Flash Easter egg in the Flash film? I did not. So I, I, I can't confirm this because I, I haven't gotten this confirmed. But when I was watching the film, when, when the berries are in, I think it's a bar or a restaurant that is playing the report of Zod's arrival and everybody's watching the TV. That looks like the coffee shop. That oh, jitters. Yeah. It looks like the jitters cafe. Uh, yeah. I think they just pulled. Uh, no, go back and look at that set. Like from the shape of the building. I remember what I've seen. They, that, but that's, I think jitters is even from the comic to be honest with you, but not so much that the, that it's jitters. It's, it looks like the damn set. That's what I'm saying. Like it looks well, like the set, and and they missed out if they wanted to do all this stuff, which they did, and I enjoyed it. They missed out on the biggest thing to do. I mean, they had already it, done something. It, yeah. it was CC something, CC Cafe or whatever. Yeah. So, well, anyway, but I I do think that it was. I think it was. Um, but that's just my that's my uh, my guess. So, all right. I did like the I did like the idea of the story. I did think that the the relationship with his mom is always so pivotal pivotal to the character that that him preventing her death. I I, I did find some emotional pathos there. I really hated young Barry, like eighteen year old immature Barry seemed even too immature for an eighteen year old Barry. I did feel that there was a little bit too much of a lean on humor. Not that I don't want a superhero movie to not be funny, but when the crux of the film is, you know, troubled Barry trying to undo the worst thing that happened in his life and being kind of goofy and silly at the same, like being socially awkward and then having this weight and and ju- trying to juxtapose those I didn't love. This guy is is now being announced. The director Muschietti or Muschietti or whatever has been has been announced. He's going to be directing the Brave and the Bold, the new Batman film. If this is our foundation of work, how do we feel? about him taking on the Batman and Robin story in Brave and the Bold. I feel good about it. I think I I don't think you can use this as a barometer because this is a this is a different type of property that he just kind of inherited to clean up the mess. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, this movie was a mess in the years in the making. So I think giving him a fresh start with those kind of characters, uh I think he's got the talent to pull it off. I don't know if you can really use this movie because of its history and to say as indicative of anything one way or the other. But I, I, I think he's got he's got the skills. You know, we've seen what he can do with it, with a darker, more serious kind of uh content. This was very bright, vibrant, and like I said, it's just it's a it was a train wreck to get there. So 
I, I think that, you know, if Gunn sees enough in him to say, I think I want to tag him with the brave and the bold, I, I think that's that's a pretty good fit. Tony, what do you think? Let me, I, I'll answer the question like this and quickly go over the things that I really liked about the movie. Because I got to tell you, about 30, 35 minutes into the movie, I was like bored out of my fucking mind. Slow, real slow build. It was, I was like literally wishing I wasn't at the theater that at that part in because I'm like, damn. Well, this is for everybody, but like anybody who really wants to see this movie knows all of this, and this is taken for fucking ever, and it's not even interesting, and it's just weird. Like the opening was cool, made me wonder why the movie wasn't shown to us in a certain way, but I said I wasn't going to talk about that anymore. But what I did like is did. I really didn't. Um. Hold on, let me speed back and change it. What I do like is that part of Flashpoint, which something that's important to Barry fucks everything up and he fixes it and we, you know, but the dynamic between him and younger Barry is kind of cool, honestly, because it's a different Barry. It's a different younger Barry. It's Barry before his powers and then it's Barry with his powers and they're gone and he's even more skepticism and 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 cautiousness and 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 paranoia. Um, maybe think a lot of Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight playing two different roles, but at the same time, this was on the same screen at the, on the screen at the same time. I thought Michael Keaton was awesome. And anybody who loves Michael Keaton as Batman loved what he did because the, the first interaction they have where he's the soup making spaghetti, making long haired, big Lebowski, Bruce Wayne is amazing. Um, Honestly, Dave, you talked about having a different reaction to the film the next day. My biggest reaction the next day is, yeah, I, I thought yesterday when I left the theater was a solid B. It's probably a B minus. Um, but I'm pretty okay with George Clooney ending as Batman. That's a pretty cool fuck you to fans that really take shit too seriously. Because honest to God, dude didn't even take a credit for it. You still can't find him in any part of the credits for it. And uh, as far as goodbye to the DCEU, I'll give him a B plus on that. I was okay with all the fan service. So I, I believe in the director and a shout out to Sasha Kelly and Kiersey Clemens who played Supergirl and Iris West, two of uh, my favorite characters. I, I thought they did excellent. And man, if one person we get still plays a role out of this movie and the moving forward, give me the smoking hot stone cold Sasha Kelly. My goodness. What a great job. Should I go, Pat, or do, so, you, do you want to go? <laughs> so she should continue in the role because she's hot? No, I think she did a great did a job, job with it. It was very oh, oh, okay. Because very much you, entertained. Because you, um, you seem to be implying that, that, that she should keep her role because she's hot and not Stone cold. Stone cold. Stone her, cold. Her portrayal of Supergirl was, you know, you talk about Helen Slater and the cameo that she or the CGI cameo. Uh, yeah, this Supergirl was very different than that one and much more even different than the CW Supergirl. This is a much more intense in your face, uh, aggressive. And I think that they capture the fact that she'd been locked in a fucking basement for however many years as just why she was so pissed off at everything and everyone. Um, but still was cool enough to save Barry, help him get his powers back and, and sacrifice herself numerous times over and over again. In a short sequence of scenes, she portrays anger into understanding, into sympathy, into loyalty. But but the problem with her is like so much of this movie, it just doesn't matter. 
in the end. It's like she's there right. and her performance is great, but what the fuck does it matter? She she dies, she's gone. Who gives yeah. a shit? I if it's I could if I could pat on let me let me expand yeah. upon the stuff that that I liked in the movie. Um, sure. You know, I, I, I did like, like Tony saying Michael Keaton was fantastic. I thought Supergirl was fantastic. I will say this. Tony mentioned the uh, Oscar Isaac performance in Moon Knight. Like him or not, Ezra Miller did a good job as far as doing the dual roles and really was able to show a difference between these characters. Three. What is that? I would argue that it's three roles, it, even okay. though two of them are the same person. I got you. I got you. But, I, you know, whether you like him as Flash or not, or whether he's your Flash or not, I thought he did well enough as far as handling all these different roles uh, and making them feel distinct and different from one another. I thought that was well. Um, wrapping anything around General Zod was fucking pointless. It's just stupid. You know, and 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 they had so many, like Tony said at the very beginning of this conversation, you know, a key point of Flashpoint was the war between the Amazonian Amazonians and the Atlanteans. And I thought, well, they're not going to do that because they won't get Momoa or they won't get Godot back. But there they were. So you had an opportunity. If you're going to go full CGI, fuck, you could have had a bunch of Amazons and Atlanteans warring with each other. Give us some stakes. Make this movie. And I understand they're not going to follow this stuff canonically, you know, point for point for point. But you could have made this more like Flashpoint. When the CW's Flashpoint is more like Flashpoint than this was, that's a problem. And that was a big problem. They just they just missed the mark completely. They had an opportunity to reset things. And I know what you're saying. Gunn's saying, yeah, this we're going in a different direction. They could have made a bridge to that and made it make sense. And they didn't do that at all. And the last thing I'll say is, so, hold on. Last thing I'll say, Pat, is I did like... Michael Keaton's explanation of how time works with the pasta actually made more sense than anything they did in Endgame. I will say that much that it's like, hey, I get that. That actually makes sense. But that and the fact that Barry took the tomato cans and put them up on the top shelf so that his dad his got dad out of jail. Yeah, little do subtle that. things like that were it very cool. well that done was... and cool. He got his dad out of prison by just yeah, just a little tweak. Ask Dave a real quick question, Patrick. Sure, sure, it's not my show. The third, the the third Barry, right? Who had all the shit on him? Who kept trying to redo it? You remember seeing him the first time in the movie? Mm-hmm. Who did, did you Who did you think that was? Because I thought it was like Savitar or something like that. I thought maybe it was a variation no. of Reverse Flash or something, but yeah, that's what Dan thought. I was pretty sure it was Barry because I don't have all those other fragment references to go through. So I was like, it's Barry because that's that that's the whole thing is ultimately in Flashpoint. There's all these horrible things that happen, but Barry's the villain in a way. Because and he doesn't know he's the villain. He's not an intentional villain. He's an unintentional villain, but he's a villain just the same. What, and the last thing I want to add, I hated the way they handled time travel. That was stupid. That was just dumb. In a bubble in the middle of this fucking room in the middle of nowhere, that this is the space but time next. That's actually interestingly enough, that's actually very connected to the 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 WB way of looking at it um, traveling like with the spheres of time and stuff like that i think they were trying they were kind of trying tony maybe you could let me know what you thought they're trying to capture the treadmill in some form or fashion it just fell really flat i i'm not gonna go there because here's the problem when like this whole this was this was this lost me. The only thing it was cool for is when he couldn't do it and he was running around the fucking circles and not going anywhere. Well, and again, a little doubt. Those are the things that he picked up. He was like, why is he running so weird? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? So uh, here at the end of the day, 
you know, one of the things I do here, and this is something that I think that we all do, and we all got to remind ourselves, what we thought and maybe wanted out of this movie in, in terms of a connection to DC wasn't what we got. And, and they never told us that's what it was going to be. Like, because I, I went back, I really did. I went back and was like, did Gunn really say that this was going to be the beginning of something? And did Gunn really say X, Y, and D? Or did he just hype the shit out of the movie? Which he the did. Which and he did. that really annoyed me. But I understand why. Like, I understand why in his position, he had to hype it as like this greatest DC thing in, in the history of ever. And honest to God, I feel like after watching this movie and, and just sort of seeing what it was, and I want to... Again, put out there, in the land of DC efforts, this is better, than, in my opinion, because I know other people like these movies and I did not. It's better than Batman versus. It's better than either Justice League version, in my opinion, because I and I, you guys both know how I feel about those. I, I, it's definitely better than at least the first Suicide Squad movie. Maybe not the second one. I don't know. It's better than Birds of Prey. It's yeah, depending on, on what you want to see, but it's still not that great. And so when I, you know, I go back to those reviews where we're sitting there where people are giving it an 85, 90% ratings on, on their critical reviews. And I'm like, it wasn't that. It wasn't an 85, 90. It was a, it surpassed the low bar you set in front of it. And you talked about how great it was. So I, you know, here's, and, and we're going to wrap up with our usual kind of go around. Like, I think this is a, this is a tepid nerd approved, but I don't know that I would feel justified being like, you have to spend money to see this movie. Like, I don't. But I don't think it's bad. Like, I wouldn't, if somebody was like, like, people are going to ask me come Tuesday when I come into work, oh, how was the movie? I'm going to say, and I'm going to answer it the way I started this show. It was fine. It's, it's, it's a difficult one to fine. place, really. I mean, because it, right. it, it's good, but it's not. And, you know, which is the epitome of fine in your vernacular, Pat. Uh, but it, it it's, it's just, it's hard to place this one. There are elements of it that are really good. There's elements of it that is great. There's lots of problems there. You will leave there probably feeling dissatisfied if you are a, you know, if you're a DC fan like Tony and I are, I, I would say just from talking to him right now, there's an element of both of us who are like, man, I feel let down, cheated, almost it cheated. It would be a good word. It's just like, man, they just, there's so many things they could have done better with this and they just didn't. And I understand it was a tortured process to get this movie out. You know, when you look compared to like New Mutants, which went through a similar kind of cycle, it's eons better than that. Okay, let's get that out of the way. But yeah, I would tell people, should I see it? I'd say, yeah, you probably should and draw your own conclusions. But is it essential viewing? Maybe not. You know, I mean, Tony gave it a B minus. I'd say, yeah, C plus B minus. It's very interesting to hear you guys talk about this film. It hurts and us. Then you it hurts partic- us and you, to and say you in particular, bad. Dave. It hurts me because to you say are that. very you you are you are more scorched earth than I've ever seen you over a DC property. And this, you know, hey. I think it's funny because I take so much heat from our from our our constituents within the bandwagon nerds family about DC films and output, and and I know it's all in good fun. I know a lot of it is you know somewhat you know, joking, but also like, I'm really, I'm, I'm the tough guy. Like I'm the tough one on a lot of these films. And, and this is the one where I walked out of it. And I was like, you know, I wasn't raving about it, but like, I, and maybe it's because I did, I just didn't carry those expectations going in or those hopes. I'll, I won't even say expectations. I, hey, I didn't carry those hopes for the movie I'll that, that it, we got. I'll take it one step further. This movie and the numbers you guys are talking about 
has me very concerned about the viability of the DCU. And I'll be straight with you guys because I think people have lost so much faith in this property that I don't know if Gunn can save it. And that's a legitimate concern because it is just repeatedly now and you see the decline. Black Adam's going to do well. Nope. Shazam's going to do well. Abysmal. Flash is going to be the one that gets the numbers back up. No. And and maybe it is like you're saying, Pat, maybe this is the Snyder verse and people are like, I want nothing to do with this shit anymore. I want to see something new, which is why I say again, Blue Beetle is going to tell a huge tale because it is it is a very Guardians of the Galaxy sort of scenario, a tertiary character that people don't know a lot about. Can Gunn present this in a way that gets people to say, "Ooh, hey, this is kind of cool. So I think a lot more weight is now on Blue Beetle than it was before, but I am definitely concerned about the future of dc as a viable property i got i got one last question and then we really got to go into a commercial break uh because we're we're 40 minutes you're gonna get a moment tony you're gonna get to talk and he's pointing at himself like you will be heard given all of these concerns that you have that you just sort of laid out here do you think dc films could do with kind of a quote cooling period of production before rolling out I think you're going to get that. I think after Blue Beetle, drops, I think you're going to get it. I yeah. think you're going to get it without choice anyway, exactly. because we've got a writer strike and we've got a, a potential actor strike. So it may not matter. You may get that cooling period, whether you want to or not. Um, Sonny, I'm going to give you the last word on the Flash, as you are <clears throat> the, the the Flash super fan as it is. Sorry, Grant Gustin wasn't there for you. I appreciate that. Um, in all honesty. The worst part about it is they bastardized Flashpoint. That's what they did, for lack of a better term, period. And partially through the story, before Barry got his powers back and they did the electricity with the bat kite, which I thought was pretty cool. We didn't mention that. Uh, uh, I thought maybe they were going to do the alternate Flashpoint where Barry dies the second time with the lightning and Eobod, the reverse Flash, comes back. Uh, and, and, uh, Batman kills Superman in that, in that story, like that could have been epic. Um, if flashpoint wasn't ever a story and this was something they made up, we might have a completely different perspective, but it's not. And they didn't thank you, Michael Keaton for coming back. Uh, Ezra, you did good. Don't want to see you anymore. Sasha, I'll leave the back door open. I said he could have the last word, and that is the last word. We are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll jump into the trailer park and talk a little DC casting rumors. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. We are no longer spoiler-free, as or we, are, we are now back to not spoiling. I, I don't know. I don't know that I said that right, but... Basically, we're done talking about the Flash, and, and I feel like we had, we had I I liked our commentary and talking about the movie. To be honest, like I really did. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys uh, not coming in uh, and holding back because I you know I, I'm glad you were honest about about how you felt about the film. I'm glad you let me be honest about how I felt about the film, and I feel weird that I'm not the East German judge this time around on the Flash. I think it's Dave. I think Dave is really. Dave, Dave had a tough day, so uh, and and that's that's fine. We all we all have been there. It's still you know hope springs eternal, and we will have more films to talk about. And we're going to do that right now by heading over into the trailer park. Before we can head over to the trailer park, though, of course, Tony needs to not pull out the band. Dave needs to get himself ready and play a Father's Day edition of that beautiful bando. <laughs> It's amazing how the Father's Day edition of That Beautiful Banjo sounded exactly like every other edition of That Beautiful Bando, Banjo. Like, you, you really didn't change a thing, Dave. I appreciate that. Well, I, you know, Tony was getting ready to lick his thumb, and that usually changes things up. But I just, when you stifled that. Whoa, 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 wait, man. Why, where, why, 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 why? Oh, boy. Okay, so welcome back to the, welcome back to the trailer park. We have five trailers to talk about, and the first two, I'm just going to own. Our Patrick O'Dowd's once again attempt to get Dave and Tony to check out two shows that he loves and really feels like they should watch because they would like it in different ways. And yet I know they're just not gonna. They're just not gonna. And, and that makes me a little sad. But first, I'll go with the one that I know is the is the lowest on everybody's timeline, but is really high on me. I was really excited about this because I thought this show had been canceled. Uh, but HBO slash max or whatever the fuck they call themselves now put out a trailer for season three of their show warrior warrior which is based on the writings of bruce lee and a program that he wanted to write and create and direct and star in uh, that has later been adapted into a story of san francisco during um during its boomtown days when uh railroad construction was really getting huge strong influx of chinese workers 
living in the city. Uh, basically, this like culture war between the Chinese, the Irish, and white folks who are of neither of those groups really trying to find their place in the world. And there's this character uh, who comes looking for his sister way back in season, uh, who uh, finds out that she's actually kind of leading the Chinese underworld. And so he catches on with a different group. And it's been a, it's been a, if you're a fan of like martial arts films, Kung Fu, like if you liked the show Kung Fu, this is basically Kung Fu, but done with the backdrop of San Francisco uh, in the 1800s as it grows and tries to find its way in the world. I love the show. I'm excited for a third season. I don't know. Every season feels like the final season of warrior because you just it feels like such a niche product that it's very easy for me to see that it could go at any time but highly recommend it i think you guys should watch it i know you at least did me the courtesy of watching the two and a half minute long trailer what did you think of the look of season three for um for warrior andrew koji in the lead Tony's uh, like, Dave, go. Tony's like Russian day. I, I mean, I haven't seen any of the first two seasons, but it looks it looks cool. I, I like the uh, the combat. It, um, I mean, Bruce, based on the writings of Bruce Lee, how can you really go wrong? I just haven't heard about it before you put on the trailer. So uh, am I interested? Yeah, definitely. It, it looks like I mean, I'll take your word for it that the first two seasons have been really good. Um, it, it is something that they, I would say. Yeah, it, sure. and it fits in with. It fits in with every other sort of HBO series, you know, not a ton of episodes. I think it's like eight to 13 episodes a season that I, I think the storytelling is good. I like, I like the tale. So yeah. And they're on max right now. So they are, you are able to find it. Tony, what did you think? I thought it felt like, uh, the triad meets Deadwood, right? Um, it looked good. It looked interesting. Yeah. Here's where you lost me. You lost me to, you lost me right. You lost me two minutes ago. This is the third season. Uh, I got a lot of shit to watch already. I don't know if I can go back and watch, catch up on two seasons just to watch. It looks really good, though. I Honestly, I wish I would have known about it going into that because I probably was still looking for something to replace Deadwood. I love that Western late 1800s, early 1900s, regardless of what you're talking about kind of thing. And I know you're going to sit here and go, well, if you love it so much, just go back and start from the beginning because it's really oh. good. And I and I bet you're right. But I and the biggest compliment I can get give you is Chinese Mafia meets Deadwood. And it looks awesome. I mean, I'm, so, I'm sure the stories are excellent. I, I am going to point out I've been pushing this show every time a trailer's come out. Since Have you been? I, dude, yeah, I'm like, sorry. You guys are like, you know, had I heard of it? Well, I only talk about it every time. You know what happens? You know what happens to me? There's so much things that You're like coded. Take no, but it it feels like I'm working at FedEx again when I used to deliver boxes for nine and a half years, right. driving a big ass truck, and the people would come in and go, "You remember that box you delivered last week Tuesday?" And it's the following Thursday, and I'm like, "Really? <laughs> Do I remember that box? They're all." <laughs> It's every day. They're all that box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, but it, I, I, I get it. it, it I mean, it, it, and honestly, I don't want. I don't watch cooking shows. I still haven't watched that auction show, like that memorabilia show on Netflix. Like that, we'll find like one day. It's good. But I know. No. I don't. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Just disappointed. I get it. Uh, it's Father's no. Day, so you got to drop out all the great I, father lines. I'm not mad. Just I, I know. Well, there. That's good. That's funny. So the other trailer. 
we we got a we got a trailer for season five, so Tony's not even going to go back two seasons to catch Warrior. So he's definitely not going back four seasons to catch what I think is arguably one of the funniest shows on television on FX. What we do in the shadows again, another show that uh, runs with short seasons. For those that have followed this from the Taika, Taika Waititi film to it being turned into the series of vampires who have lived for hundreds of years who are trying to establish themselves in New York City and quote-unquote take over, and the goofiness that is Nandor, Nadia, Colin Robinson, and I always forget, um, I, I only know him as, uh, as, as Jackie Daytona, a uh, regular American bartender. Uh, that's not his character's his actual name, but it's a mockumentary style TV show that follows these vampires as they as they try to live life. And every one of them is funny. The character Colin Robinson is my favorite because he's what is known as an emotional vampire. And basically he just plays every irritating dude you've ever encountered at work or in life. And so his energy vampire is sucked off of negative emotions from people. And so he's like the guy who walks around the office, keep bothering you with stupid idol chatter. Laszlo Cravensworth, by the way, was the other vampire I was I was forgetting. But um, I, it's just it's a great show. It's hilarious. The the cast is amazing. They they are it has been nothing but funny from episode one all the way through. Harvey Guillen as Guillermo, the familiar of Nandor, who desperately wants to be a vampire but is part of the Van Helsing lineage of vampire hunters. And so he's like really, really good at killing vampires, but he like wants to be a vampire. It's great stuff. His character finally came out. That was really exciting uh, last season. Cause that, that's like the other things he's totally gay for Nandor. Uh, but Nandor has no interest in him. It's, it's a funny show. Dave, you should watch it. I think you would love, it. I think you would honestly, love it. this one, this one, Pat, is in my phone. I've got a list of stuff that, like, if it's written down in my phone, that means that I am have every intention of watching it. This is the one that's at the top of that list that I have running right now. So, yeah, this is one. And I know I got to start with the movie and then go to the... And that's fine. You don't have... The, the movie you don't really need um, unless you want the... Unless you want to get excited for the cameo. Because, like, because the original set of vampires aren't in that one. Um, it, it is a fresh group of vampires, but the idea is the same. It's um, I have every intention of it. I mean, Taika does it, and this is before Taika went Love and Thunder overboard, you know, that sort of thing. So, Do we keep punishing him for one movie? For a while. Into, until until his next movie comes out? Until that, he, that he needs to redeem himself. He really kind of like does. I know. Tony, Tony liked the goats. I think the goats bad. were fine. I didn't think the movie was half bad. That's oh. a Father's Day. It's a fucking dad joke. Deal with it. Oh. My my Father's Day card is was just a bunch of puns like on the card like that. Was, yeah, the little dad like was very proud of it. Like Grandpa's addicted to Viagra, and no one's taking it harder than Grandma. Not uh, he's eleven, so no, he he didn't run with that one. Hey man, he's talking about uh, being experienced. So I mean, he must be listening right. to Jimi Hendrix. Tony, I know you're not gonna. I know you haven't watched What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, I know it's another one of those. that's probably on those. Eh, maybe someday, if ever. But what do you think of this trailer? Uh, I personally love the one running for comptroller. That's Colin Robinson. Like, it, this he's the, the guy who sucks on people. This is the FX series, right? Right. Yeah, I've seen I've seen bits of different episodes over the past couple of years. To be honest with you, and if I was interested in this genre, 
I would totally watch the show because it's funny as fuck. Even if you just catch it for a couple minutes, um, it seems like the writing is excellent here. So I, I mean, I just, it's just not me. I'm not a vampire guy. I, I get the humor though. And, and it, for the, what I've caught here and there flipping through the channels after the bar, when I get home, it, it, it catches my attention for three minutes before it goes to commercial. That's pretty good when I don't know what the hell's going on. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, let's head into a trailer that Dave shared that I do think is a, a, a documentary show that, uh, or a movie that I, I would argue that all three of us are probably interested. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Quarterback. And really nothing much more to say other than it's a documentarian who follows a bunch of famous NFL quarterbacks and what life is like as as an NFL quarterback. Uh, we get to see Patrick Mahomes. We we open with uh, was it Kirk Cousins? I think with his kid reading a story to his kid about like the dangers of being a quarterback. Uh, we see I don't know. There's quite a few, uh, but it's 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 a documentary. Yeah, that that kind of talks about what their life is like, and you get to see Patrick Mahomes being like, "Fuck you, Andy Reid. I'm going back in the game. I'm not hurt." Uh, and what it, I guess from their perspective, what it's like to play the most important position in football. So I don't know. It looked interesting to me. I know Dave, you shared it. So why don't we start with you, your thoughts on quarterback? Yeah, I, I think, um, and Tony would probably, uh, verify this, but Netflix and these kind of sports-based documentaries have been killing it. Uh, they got what three seasons of F1 drive to survive. Look at the surge in popularity of F1 over the past few years. I don't think that's coincidental. They did full swing for golf Golf is like now surging in popularity, and the you know PGA Live thing kind of didn't hurt it. What's that? Since, the, Since the pandemic, it's been well, surging. Yeah, right, it's not right. its biggest boom ever. Right. I mean, you talk about Tiger, you talk about Arnie's Army, and then you talk about growing uh, fifty million rounds above your total in two two consecutive years. Right, right. But I think you you would agree Full Swing was a really fun, good series, and I'm looking forward to it. Season two is going to be excellent when they do the whole PGA Live merger because they were filming during that. Um, and this looks like, you know, it, it doesn't get more popular than the NFL. And, you know, you're doing a, a documentary sort of series about, um, you know, Mariota and his trials and tribulations. Mahomes, who's at the top of the heap, so hearing what he has to say about the day-to-day grind of a quarterback should be fun. And yeah, Kirk Cousins, I mean, all I got to say, you like that, Tony? No. <laughs> Tony's like, not, no. I'm, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm not going to watch it. I am tired of the oversaturation. I didn't watch the golf thing. Don't care. Know enough about it. At some point, can we just not have to know everything about everything? That's my take on this. I'm sure it's well done, and the people that want to know the know, great. But, man, if I'm getting paid $50 million a year, I have no problem putting in uh, 24 hours a week working out to make myself better. Uh, wow. Oh, 24 hours. That sounds real fucking tough when you get paid $50 fucking million. I'm not about glorifying millionaires' lifestyles because they work so fucking hard. You work just as hard as everybody else. The people that work harder, they're the good ones. The people that don't work harder, they collect the paychecks. Big deal. That's how life fucking goes. I equate this to a good-looking woman. Sometimes I just want to see her with her clothes on because it's more appealing. I don't need to know everything. Easy, Tony, everybody. Yeah. Um, I, sorry you feel that way. That's 
an interesting take, and I disagree with it, but that's fine. That's why we have different takes. Uh, we live a good life because of that. Anyway, um, I plan on checking it out. I think it looks pretty good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not yeah. as sour on the NFL quarterback position. Toddy, you and, really uh, should watch I, full I, swing, I stand, man. You really I, I stand corrected. I stand corrected on the documentary uh, thing. Um, I thought we'd all be checking this out. Uh, I was wrong. So, all right. Next up, we have here. We, this this episode is debuting on. Will be dropping on Juneteenth. Uh, there has been a last week. We talked about the Blackening, which was a movie about. Uh, it was just a horror parody movie about um, black people being killed in horror films and how that happens and all the tropes and stuff that goes with that and celebrating Juneteenth. We are, we are now getting another film. This one's on, is this a Netflix film or is this hitting theaters? I, I didn't quite understand, but it stars John Boyega with Jamie Foxx. It's called they cloned Tyrone. And this is a nut. Okay. So again, just want to get it out of the way right now. Yes, these are three white dudes that are about to talk about a movie that is very much about the black human experience and that we do not understand entirely what we are seeing. However, this looks like a another science. It's like almost like a sci-fi dark comedy. Like there is definitely humor involved in the way some of this stuff is portrayed. Look at white people controlling black bodies. And that's really what I get as the cusp of they clone Tyrone as, you know, I don't even know the entire premise of why they're in the place that they're in. And John Boyega comes across a body on a gurney. That is, is him. Cause they and, are cloning the N words. You know what I'm saying? I don't entirely understand what is going on here, but um, I think the movie looks very, very interesting. I think it looks very, very good. I think it is another allegory. I think it's a film that white folks should watch. Uh, even though it's going to make them uncomfortable and they're going to be like, I don't get it. And that's not true because that's what white people do. They deny their inherent biases and racism. So you should watch it, everybody. And yes, Patrick O'Dowd did just call you all racist. I did that because we all are. You all are. Even if you don't think you are, you are. You have biases. We're all a little bit racist. Having a cue is right. Tony, I let Dave go first on the last two films. Your turn to go first this time, sir. Uh, that's the, is that Lil Rel at the end with the reporter? And, and they're like, they're out here cloning. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the funniest fucking thing ever. I'm that's, sorry. That's the, but some it of it. the prevailing opinion yeah. here. I mean, this looks fun. This looks like Pulp Fiction meets Jackie Brown meets fun meets sci-fi. That's what this looks like to me. And Jamie Foxx is in there making shit happen. When he comes up and is like, we're looking for the secret underground laboratory, point us to the elevator. And the convenience store uh, cooler opens up and they just, you know. It looks like a good time. It really does. And there's probably some good action in there. And it looks like we're going to kind of, it almost borders on like the sci-fi kind of thriller thing. Yeah. And it looks like, and it looks like we're going to get this on Netflix. So it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like it's getting a theatrical release that I can see as I go through here. It's going to hit Netflix and July 21st is its release date. So not, you know, not in time for Juneteenth, but, I don't think it's an accident that this trailer ended up on the Tadam event this you know past Saturday uh, from Netflix. I think that was more than intentional. Dave, your thoughts on this? You're the one who argued that maybe John Boyega could take over and be Kang the Conqueror if this whole Jonathan Majors thing doesn't work out. He looks the role, and he's got the acting skill. I mean, every time I watch the guy, and it's like, 
there's parts of it you're looking to say, is that Jonathan? No, that's not Jonathan Majors. It's John Boyega. Yeah, I adamantly feel like he could do the role. As far as this movie, this is kind of like a, it's like, what if Friday got a sci-fi element to it? You know, it kind of has a little bit of a feel like that going on. Um, I, it, 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 like Tony says, I agree with him. This looks fun. Very fun. Got some cool little elements, uh, you know, cloning, sci-fi, you know, got a hell of a cast. It's a Netflix movie. They usually get those right more often than not. So, yeah, definitely one I want to check out. And I still think it's going to make you think. I think if you really look at it, that there's there. It, I, I'm going to go back to it. I think there's a message involved here as well that people need to pay attention to. All right. Our last film that I put on here, something a little easier on our brains, something we don't have to really argue and fight about. Pixar and Disney have put out a trailer for their latest film that they will be releasing in 2024 called Elio or Elio. I, I think it's Elio is how it's pronounced about a young boy who finds himself abducted by aliens and apparently is going to stand trial for uh, earth. And it has to help this council of aliens from around the galaxy determine earth's fate. It, this, this screams t- typical Pixar animated film. Something with heart that's going to make everybody be like, oh, this is, you know, this is great and important. Uh, teach a wonderful lesson. It looks like about something about loving one another. Uh, I'm probably in come next year. This looks fun. I, I enjoyed the trailer. This is the like, first time in a long time where Pixar, you know, in particular, we're like, oh, this feels like Pixar might be getting back to, to what it does well. And it seems like a wholly unique story that's all theirs as opposed to a retread or rerun yet another Pixar sequel to Toy Story. So, uh, Tony, Dave got to do two in a row. You get to do two in a row. Your thoughts on Alio? I don't know if you guys were watching me watch the final. You look like you were enjoying it. I did. I'm like, I've got to go see this. It looks great. Um, Perfect for 3D. Um, But the story, like you said, it's something different. It's this kid who gets abducted and to this council in the universe that controls everything. And they only talk to the leaders of different entities. And it, it's the funniest thing in the trailer It is like, uh, Oh, you're the, he's like, ah, oh, no, that they're like going to terminate him. And he's like, changes his voice. He's yes, I am the leader of earth. And they're like, how come you're talking about? I've talked like this since I was a kid. Clearly I'm not. Um, I think it's best thing it's going to have. That's going to make the humor endure is i think this is gonna be a really clever movie and i'm looking forward to seeing it yeah absolutely i think it looks like a lot of fun uh, i'm right there with you dave what do you think i mean it, yeah it looks it looks like a fun movie i i think i don't know what is our concern level over pixar right now i mean and and are we are we concerned about kind of like i don't wouldn't say they've got dc levels of backlash but it's like a disturbing trend's been going on with their stuff lately and now you talk about this weekend elemental bombed um yeah, I mean, this looks like a, a good movie that could be a rebound for Pixar. But just in general, I'm asking you guys, how concerned are we about where Pixar is right now? I think Pixar will go as far as Disney wants it to go. I think I think part of the problem that has gone on between between the studio, Pixar studio and Disney and, and is the way that Disney has viewed it in recent years. I mean, no secret. We talked about this last week. Some 75 people lost their jobs as part of that big wave of cuts. And there has been kind of a, a, a dearth, a lack of original Pixar ideas. And the original Pixar ideas aren't 
being marketed particularly well. We talked about this with Elemental in particular. It's really tough to know if Elemental was a bad film that people refused to see or if it was a film that just nobody knows exists because like like they did with Strange World, they barely advertised Element, like barely advertised it as coming out. Even in the two weeks leading up to it, they weren't really pushing it. Isn't Elemental almost like this kids movie for adults though with its themes of like cohesion and coexistence i mean it doesn't seem like it's a big like right oh my god Chad, you gotta take me to see this movie right, for the how, kids you how mean? different is that from inside out or something like that it's the same concept uh, kind of. no 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 i think no, you no, add no. some i disagree with that entirely yeah. he's talking about elemental and inside out. i because it's not about co- like for me, I one, I think Inside Out is one of the best Pixar films out there made because of the way that it just fundamentally talks about managing emotions and managing right. your experience and, and who you are. But it like, you know, I, I don't know that this is a question about like coexistence and cohesion. And, you know, are people arguing? I, I would have actually if you had said, is this another Zootopia? That actually would have been to me, which is a Disney film, not a Pixar film. I think that would have actually been a more interesting argument and conversation to make right. because there's very clearly like elements aren't supposed to mix like that seems to be one of the big things that is the story and then it looks like this is a love story of some sort the very at the very least a friendship story between water and fire and what will that be you know it's hard to say whether or not who this was for to get back to i think it was tony's question because we don't they it seems like disney didn't know what to do with it or didn't want to do anything with it. and when that happened like who knows like I don't think kids demanded to see it because they didn't know it existed. Like, hell, even at fucking Disney parks where they put out merch well in front of when, like, the next animated film was. I just saw, advert, you know, information about elemental-related crap this week. Did the uh, did right. little O'Dowd say anything about this movie? Like, he was interested or even knew about no, it? No, he's he, he didn't know about it or care. Like, he didn't like he didn't know about it or care. So it's, it's not as right. And I mean, and again, this is also the kid who just said that he didn't like or dislike the flash. He experienced it. So you know, he's got a lot going on. Just saying. I think the biggest mistake they made was not getting earth, wind and fire on the soundtrack. That's true. I very much agree with that. So anyway, all that is to say that I think Elio looks good. Is it going to be the big Pixar redemption movie? We all hope it to be. I don't know, but it doesn't have to be. It does have to be a good movie, and it has to be supported. And I think that's the thing. It needs to be supported. I agree with you 100%. Disney needs to get behind these Pixar projects, and they just have not been lately for reasons that we've been talking about for, what, a year and a half now? Right. It it seems to be a wrangling of power is really what it has to be. All right, fellas, let's get out of the trailer park. Let's talk some DC casting rumors, because that's fun to do. I messed up in the rundown. Tony pointed it out this morning. Apparently, I just shared the same YouTube trailer twice. But there was an article out of Deadline saying that the casting for James Gunn's Superman Legacy film may be in its home stretch for finding its uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Uh, and that they are heading into a second round of testing and casting to find their stars. Insiders close to the process say the first in-person test with DC heads uh, will take place around Father's Day weekend, so this weekend, and then Monday or Tuesday after with Nicholas Holt, David Cornsweet, and Tom Brittany expected to test for Clark Kent, and Emma Mackey, Rachel Brosnahan, and Phoebe 
Dynaver testing for Lois Lane. Sources added that some of the test deals are still being negotiated and haven't all closed, but that as of now, these are the names expected to participate in the auditions. I'm going to start with a confession. I know one of these actors, and that is Nicholas Holt. And Nicholas Holt, for those who don't know, played Beast in the uh, X-Men First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past films. That was, uh, he played Beast, Nicholas Holt. He's been in, he's been in a couple of other things here and there. That's what I got. I, yeah, I mean, these are clearly young actors, which is what they said they were going for for this iteration of Superman. Do, do, first of all, do either of you know any of these other actors? Like, who, who are these people? Where have they been? Dave's shaking his head no, because he's older than I am. So, of course, he wouldn't. I'm just kind of looking at, I'll admit, I'm looking at, I think Tony sent this from the direct earlier, but it's it's paralleling what yeah, you're Yeah, talking. I didn't click on that because right. it's from the direct. Uh, it's paralleling what you're saying, though. It's the same actors are being listed. I'm I know. Just, I'm just looking I'm at the pictures. Corn Sweat looks most like Clark Kent than anybody. Um, I'm just looking at him as like, well, He's got the look. I mean, Holt could do it, but and I like his acting. But yeah, I'm not really familiar with any of these guys. Uh, the, the first thing I thought of when I seen this article and this list of people was brilliant. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what's going on. That might not be there a bad you go, thing, folks. PC Tunny. We we just we just spent thirty to forty minutes ranting about like. You know, everything that's wrong with the DC universe and what's going on with like James Gunn and putting these movies together. This might not be a terrible thing that we're like, I don't know who these actors are. Uh, we don't know what's happening. That frankly is probably what needs to happen with, with DC. We need to wipe this, this past clean and young, fresh actors in a completely different style of story. You know, like I said, we're probably going to get a cooling down period for DC films. Anyway, this doesn't hurt the cause at all. It's interesting Speaking that of which, uh, Holt was the runner-up to Robert Pattinson for Batman. I did not. Yeah, that's cool. uh, yeah, that was uh, that was fairly widely reported. Which nice segue, by the way, because speaking of Batman, we also got a rumor about a casting of the Cape Crusader for the upcoming James Gunn version of Batman for the Brave and the Bold. Reportedly, and I'm going to say reportedly because this is coming from a Twitter account called Jay's Nerdy Life, which we have talked about before. Um, we have reported with before. They have not been necessarily inaccurate before, but there is a rumor floating around that Jensen Ackles, most recently known to us from his work as Soldier Boy in The Boys, is being seriously considered for the role of the next Batman in the DC universe. I can see it. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll put that out there. I can see it. Dave, what do you think? You Absolutely. Yeah, you look at him, his performance as Soldier Boy. And- you actually hear Tony? Tony, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Dave's nipples pinged there. A little bit. They did ping a little bit, but I, I think... Um, Absolutely. <laughs> when you look uh, at his portrayal of Soldier Boy and say, could that be Bruce Wayne Batman? Uh, I don't think that's much of a stretch at all to translate that over and say, yeah, that that works. I think Tony, made, Tony I'll let you make your own comment. You made a comment about him that I thought was was very apropos as far as why you think this guy could work. Yeah, well, Jensen Eccles plays a character in the CW's Arrowverse. Uh, I think it's Mr. Cold or something. He's the cold gun guy, right? And he works with the Captain Cold, works with the Legends of Tomorrow. He comes off as reluctant to be good 
and at the same time is good. And that's perfect for a Batman that's seeking vengeance, in my opinion. So I think this is excellent casting. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Sorry, I thought you were going to say more while I was taking a big gulp of water there. My bad. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very interested. I think it'd be great. So uh, I hope that this is a rumor that comes to fruition. Because, you know, like I said, it's a rumor. Got to take it with a grain of salt, just like you got to take every rumor that you read from the direct. Um, all right. We're going to head into our second commercial break. We come back. We're going to talk about our latest updates with the writer's strike. We're going to talk about the death of a legend in the comics industry. And then I'm going to give Dave and Tunny a choice. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, welcome back everyone to Bandwagon Nerds. Patrick O'Dowd, Dave Ungar, PC Tony here, breaking down all the great news around the Nerdosphere talking rumors, talking trailers, talking The Flash. And now we're going to go back to the unpleasantness that is the writer's strike and what it is doing to studios right now. we got a couple of reports, more delays in production for some shows that had started, uh, namely the Disney Plus Daredevil series, the 18-episode Daredevil series starring Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio and all of those folks has been shut down due to the writer's strike, as has Colin Farrell's Penguin show on HBO Max. Again, not really a surprise. Both of these were currently in production, and once you get to the land of rewrites and you don't have writers, it becomes hard to keep producing the film and at some, or at, at the series. And at some point, you got to knock across that picket line. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not sad. I'm not angry. I just hope this thing gets resolved because I was really excited about the Daredevil series in particular. Like I I wasn't as interested in the Penguin series, but the Daredevil series, I was, I was, yes, 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 yes. Please, please, please. Since I've enjoyed, I enjoyed both seasons on Netflix. Tony, you did a little fist pump and then covered your face a little bit. So I feel like you have a dissenting opinion. You'd like me to boo. No, I, I'm kind of in there with you on this. Don't, don't necessarily care to be honest with you. It just reminded me of the funniest thing from the flash movie. Oh, yeah. What was that? When uh, young Barry with powers was making a suit out of Batman's old suit and everything was kind of really cool and quick cuts. And and then the last cut was to him sawing off the horns of the the ears. Yeah. And it reminded me like I went, oh, he's going to look like Daredevil. Oh, I see what you're saying. I got you. I got you. That's all I got. Dave, your thoughts on this? Not mad, not sad, just disappointed. Yeah, I think it's probably in line with you, Pat. It's uh, it was inevitable. Um, but yeah, it sucks that you know Daredevil gets delayed further. Um, Penguin, I'm kind of like you. I was like, I'm, I'm like moderately curious about it, but it's not one like appointment viewing for me. Daredevil was going to be because of all the people involved with Kingpin. You got to presume Echo, maybe the return of She Hulk, all those different elements that they were going to bring into that. Um, so I thought that that is a series that, um, you know, the MCU kind of needs, you know, to get to get because I made <laughs> going back to Flash a little bit, 
just a comment I made in the theater yesterday. I was like, because everybody's criticizing certain things. I'm like, I'm like, you guys, and I, it's like going off on my nephew. And he's like, you guys just blindly support anything Marvel releases, no matter how mediocre it is. And there's been some mediocre stuff lately. Uh, but this, on the other hand, where I'm going with this is Daredevil Born Again was not going to be one of those things. I think this was going to be a watershed breakthrough series on Disney+. Plus. So yeah, it really sucks to see, well... 2024 2025 you know where are we going to end up with this thing so yeah it's disappointing penguin eh, whatever yeah well and uh, hopefully the production doesn't stall enough to where i uh, hopefully they're far enough along in production that when things get back and a deal is struck with the writer writers it's easy enough to get right back on the horse and finish that up sure so the other thing i wanted to talk about in regards to the writer strike Tony shared a little news be, uh, news thing. It was like a tweet. It was like, oh, my God, the Marvel schedule has all changed. And then I was like, well, it's more than that. Because Disney announced this week a huge blow up of their release schedule. And we used to, back when we were recording during the pandemic, we were doing our podcast and kind of just, you know, reviewing shows, doing our thing. We would make this joke where we would be like, oh, something's going to release in 2028. Or 2027. Hashtag 2027. Well, now shit's going to be released in hashtag 2027 because of this writer's strike. As this past Tuesday, uh, Disney, let's, well, we'll start with Star Wars. There was a Disney 20, there was a 2025 Star Wars movie that was supposed to be released. No more. That's coming out May 22nd, 2026. A second Star Wars movie is coming out. Going to be later that year on December 18th. 2026 two star wars movies in a year that's a bold decision uh avatar the avatar uh series and it's three four and five films are all being backed up avatar five isn't going to come out until 2031 that is eight years from now i will be 53 the same age as zoe saldana will be as she pointed out with avatar five forever ago and then marvel has moved a bunch to captain america brave new world supposed to come out in may 2024 it's now august 26 2024 that delays thunderbolts thunderbolts is now back to december 20th 2024 uh dj's favorite film that he thinks is never going to get made blade pushed back to february 14th happy valentine's day 2025 see some vampires and some swords and fantastic four going all the way back to may 2nd 2025 Avengers King Dynasty is moving a whole year back to May 2nd, 2025, and uh, from May 2nd, 2025 to May 1st, 2026, which then moves Avengers Secret Wars to May 7th, 2027. There it is. 2027. However, Deadpool 3 has moved up. Uh, I I guess that one, because Ryan Reynolds is probably handling most of it, is now... uh, coming on may 3rd 2024 and the live action moana movie that nobody asked for has entered the schedule in june 27th 2025 uh the writer strike sucks guys and this is messing with everything you knew it was coming i mean we it did we had been talking about it it, so, was, it was longer it went on unless it was going to be over super quick this was going to happen and we are 12 days away from a protect uh, a possible uh actor strike as well. And you can Thank start saying hashtag 2028 20, if that happens. No. 
that'll that'll speed up the process. We're just uh, the more strikes we get, the more people that say we're not going to work until this is done, the quicker it's going to get resolved. Period. And, and at this point, it makes the studios just look like shit even more. It's like all these people are pissed off at you. And you guys are doing nothing other than we're just going to delay stuff. It's like, dude, pay them what they're worth. For Christ's sake, adjust to the model that has changed for three years now that you guys still are living in the past. And now you've got all these delays and all this bullshit happening. As a consumer and a member of the bandwagon nerds, take your time. I have plenty of things to watch. Patrick is yelling at me to watch a lot of stuff. So, you know, the longer you take, the quicker I'll catch up. And you might finally watch The Warrior and, and what we do in the shadows. And I mean, we do have what? Secret Invasion comes this week and Witcher 3 next week. So it's not. Oh, like... so we're we're not doing The Witcher then, huh? Oh wait, never mind. I think we may have spoiled something there. Go on, Patrick. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You have your microphone down so we can hear when you whisper into it like that, but not really because you're not fully doing it. Why do you sound like a laryngeal Batman? Because I usually by this point in the podcast, my throat is I know. a little, uh, a little rough, <laughs> a little rough. But anyway, that's true. See, you guys, yes, we, we do have some content coming. Uh, we have a lot of content coming. The end of June is actually like this huge release time for a ton of shows. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what we'll be able to tide ourselves over with until these these other productions get back on track. Plus, there's a bunch of movies and stuff coming. Um, dear writers. And studios, actors, please work, work your shit out. Pay the fucking right. Just pay them. Please. I'm begging. I'm tired of this. It's getting annoying. And it's, it's fuck. I, we're going to be dead before Secret Wars. Dave might die before I Secret Wars. I fully comes expect out. you guys to do a seance to ask me my thoughts on it. Comes out. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to be doing like an in memoriam show for Dave on the air. Being like, Dave would have loved this part of Secret Wars. Rest his soul. God rest his soul. He's he's that gone poor, to the great comic book shop in the sky. All right. Let's, it's, it, it's funny to joke about death, and now I'm going to actually talk about a death in the comics family. Uh, and so I'm, I'm now fuck you, Dave. Like, we'd, we'd honor his death. Like, honor him. All, I, I just, all gladiator stuff. He was a soldier of the bandwagon. Honor him. Thank you. We can do it that I way. I want you guys to wear kilts, so that's all I care about. No, I, I'm good. I don't wear skirts. Anyway, let's head into We We did. I wanted to talk about this. Uh, we don't often talk about losses in the world of, of comic books. We, we, we talk about passings. A lot of times we talk about actors, directors, but the last the last member of what I would what I like to call the big three in, in Spider-Man history passed this past week as we lost artist john ramitas uh he passed away in his 90s you know wasn't like some sudden thing like he had a great run uh, but in the land of like influential artists a lot of people you know talk about how stan lee and steve Git- ditko created spider-man stan lee as the writer kind of the idea man Ditko as the original artist from you know wrote that dy- or drew that dynamic splash cover for Amazing Fantasy 15 and the first few issues uh, of the Spider-Man run around 30 or so. But the guy who really for me 
was the iconic, the creator of the iconic sort of Spider-Man look, particularly during the 60s, was John Romitis. He took over with issue number 39 of Amazing Spider-Man. He drew arguably one of the most famous Spider-Man covers ever. I have it on my, uh, that's my background today, the famous Spider-Man No More issue. It's also one of the great panels of all time. Uh, Sam Raimi paid tribute to it in Spider-Man 2 as Peter is walking away from a trash can. It was it was actually there was a tribute to it in um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse that, that just came out like that panel shows up there. John Romita. And, and that wasn't all he did. He, he obviously did all kinds of artwork for uh, for Marvel and DC and everywhere in between. Uh, he drew a very. Uh, famous a few years back, a Superman cover, uh, Dave. I can't remember what issue it was for, but it's uh, John Romita Jr. did the did the art inside, but John Romita Sr. drew the cover of this. Uh, it was like a new Fifty Two ish sort of thing or, or something like that. But it's John Romita Sr. He's a he was a legend in the industry, and his his passing, uh, you just saw it with the outpour uh, of of tributes from folks regarding his influence on them and their desire to pursue comics as a medium and as a field to, to work in. And so happy trails to uh, John Romita senior uh, legend that will not be soon forgotten. And it's great that his son is keeping that legacy going as, as an artist today, Dave, yeah, I think Tony, he, any thought? he might've been yeah. involved with Superman year one. I know his son was, but I think John might've uh, the senior might've done some of the artwork for that as well. Uh, I know there was a year one's got the iconic cover of Superman holding up the globe, kind of Solomon esque, um, but you know, he's Superman. So yeah, I, I think much more, he's much more known for his work on Spider-Man and, and a lot of the Marvel properties, but like you're saying, Patty's one of the, uh, one of the um, founding fathers really of, of modern comic art and uh, a huge gap, huge loss in the community of, of, you know, those of us who have loved comics growing up with him. So, yeah, that's, I mean, 93, he, that's a hell of a good run. So uh, you can't can't take yeah. that away from him. So it's like, yeah, it, it's sad, but his legacy is well-preserved and his son is carrying on his work. And it, his son is very talented as well. So I think that'll, that'll um, yeah, I think the, the loss will be felt, but his son is uh, going to carry on that mantle. So kudos to him. Just to, just to give you a list of characters who, through his art, you you know you know who they are. He designed Mary Jane Watson. He designed the Rhino, King Pit, uh, the Shocker. He created the first look for Wolverine. He designed the Punisher. He designed the original look for Luke Cage. That one can be forgotten. He redesigned Black Widow's spy suit. Uh, and he he illustrated the debut of Captain Marvel, the Monacan Rambeau, Captain Marvel. So he was massive uh she was the left first behind. wasn't she the first female captain marvel even before carol right right uh and you know and like you said he's survived by his wife and his two sons so happy trails john Romita. okay so yes you guys did spoil a little bit of your choices and your options in front of you however i want to make this clear we're still going to talk about the witcher tony even if we don't cover it the way that, that we would I'm going on vacation for two weeks. Next week, I'm not going to be here. The week after, I'm not going to be here. And so as Tony is saying, fuck all, 
you guys will, you know, ruin the show for a couple weeks because I'm the best part-time host of Bandwagoner. Look at him. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's playing along. I like it. Um, but June 21st, which is Wednesday, marks the debut of the six-episode Secret Invasion story arc starring Samuel L. Jackson, Don Cheadle returning as Rhodey, uh, and amongst amongst some other folks. I'm sure there's going to be some surprises in there we don't know about yet. Uh, followed by the 29th, the release of The Witcher Season 3. So here's the thing. For at least next week, you're probably going to be okay with not having to choose to talk about The Witcher because it won't have released yet until 11 days away as we record here. So it won't have released when, when we get to that first episode. The second episode that I'm gone, you guys probably have an option, a choice, if you will, to hold off on The Witcher until the return of Patrick O'Dowd and just focus on Secret and And since you guys know how much I love covering two shows at the same time, it probably would mean that The Witcher would wait until after Secret Invasion has had its run. So, pretty sure I know what the answer to this question is going to be, but I leave it up to you. (laughs) I think that we will likely... Just say it. We will wait for your return, Patrick, before we touch on The Witcher. And yeah, I think we're probably easier just to get through Secret Invasion before we go into the season because yeah, I mean the Witcher split up into two blocks anyway. So it's not like if we wait a few weeks before we get to the Witcher that we're really going to be missing. And in fact, we might be able to run concurrently from, you know, there wouldn't be a gap in season three by the time secret invasion is done. I just want to tell you is, are we facing the return of robotic vagina next week? Is that what's happening? Okay, Dave, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted, I wanted, you know, to just give, to throw up the pilot signal i would say regardless of my opinion the smart thing would be let's cover secret is it wars or invasion okay invasion i can't can't remember which one's happening first it's a secret and then why don't we why don't we run um the first part of the witcher up into the second part of the witcher after it's over that's what i just said right i think that that that's what i said right pat i'm just seeking uh, verification i'm agreeing i'm agreeing (laughs) I will, I, I, will bring, I will bring it. You can't agree. I will bring it before the. Community. I did. I whoa! Why? Why? Put the put the shields down. Shields down. It's okay. We're all friends here. Those nipples under also, control. Nipples are fine. No nipples. Uh, okay, that works. And kind of what I figured would happen. So there you have it, folks. Next week, at least Dave and Tony will begin their coverage or our coverage of Secret Invasion episode. I'm assuming it'll only be episode one. It's a six-part series. I can't imagine they would do two, but sometimes Disney gets a little sneaky, drops two on you. But with it being such a short, as they call it, one of those extended movies, I think uh, think it'll only be the first episode that you get. Um, It does does lead me to play this, though. Who among you still fears death? What's wrong with you? I say you, he did. You will die alone. A dead meat. And all that I am is dead already. She said that every living creature on Earth dies alone. I've been dead once already. Diane ain't much of a living boy. Death is a natural part of life. Death comes for us all, Rokusaki. Death is but a door. Time is but a window. I'll be back. I don't understand why people have to die. Wee, 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 wee. It's a new series. You got some familiar Marvel characters. 
We're going to do a little spin, though, this week on the Deadpool. Who's a scrawl? That's the real question, because Secret Invasion is all about people you know who are really scrolls. Who can you trust? By the way, according to, to the uh, scan that S.H.I.E.L.D. did for me on Twitter, I'm not a scroll. I'm, I'm safe. You can trust me. But who amongst our beloved cast of characters, will any familiar character be a scroll outside of the one that we know? Because there is, you know, uh, Ben Mickelson, Middleton's character, he's a, uh, he is a scroll because he was a scroll in Captain Marvel. Um, Dave? I'll start with you. Well, I mean, there's a obviously we know there's a scroll version of Nick Fury, so that's kind of low hanging fruit. But, um, geez, maybe. Um, and is and is that scroll is and is that person the scroll replaced dead? That'll that's the other question. Right. I, I would say Maria, Maria Hill is my best guess as to who's a scroll. Although I don't think the real Maria is dead. She's probably up on the space ranch with uh, the real Nick Fury and the other guys. But I, I would, you know, Maria Hill being a scroll seems like a good safe choice at this point. Tony, do you care to venture a guess? Well, he's dead. So how about a Tony Stark scroll? It's possible. One of the things that did happen in the secret invasion is that there were dead characters that, that magically showed up because they were scrolls in disguise. I'm going to say Rhodey is a scroll, but not dead. Uh, and that the real Rhodey comes back. So there you have it. Yeah. We'll find out over the I Here's the thing. Was I that- think somebody big after episode one is going to be revealed as a scroll. Could this technically be an undead pool? I mean, we're going Marvel zombies now? That's a little dark. I don't know. Who knows? It, everything's on the table with Secret Invasion. And here's the thing, guys. I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't expect the comic book storyline to be what they're telling. It's very clear this is not the comic book storyline. Because the scroll... Well, because the Secret Invasion secret invasion in the in the comics, the, the scrolls were like sleeper agents. They actually didn't know that they were scrolls. They legit thought they were who, the person they were impersonating until later when when the the big reveal happens and secret invasion in the comics is a much bigger event than it seems to be portrayed right right now yeah after this weekend dave and i are not expecting uh what happens in the comics for sure very true it's very tough tough weekend for the two of you so all right folks there you have it next week i guarantee you we will be checking out the first episode of secret wars i will not be with you i will be enjoying the water park capital of the world so before we get out of here, gentlemen, tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and on the Chairshot Radio Network. This week, I will start with uh, Mr. Saturday Night, Dave, or, uh, sorry, David on our PC Tunney. You can find me at PC Tunney. Continue to listen to everything Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on all of your favorite streaming platforms. David Ungar. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude AG, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And of course, if we've said anything that has pissed you off here today, and especially because he got the Deadpool right and didn't show up, send your hate tweets to at It's Me DPP. Why, Tony? Yeah, because fuck that guy. Thank you. And you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist, that is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Also, be sure to follow the Bandwagon Nerds Twitter account as well, at Bandwagon Nerds. We're putting some polls up there, asking your opinions on Batman's shared Father's Day good wishes, all kinds of good stuff going on over there on the Twitter feed. You can listen to me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the band, or, um, 
on the Chairshot Radio Network. My brain is fried. Mondays, bandwagon nerds. Tuesdays, I'm talking hockey. This is the last week of Hockey Talk before we shift over to musical chairs as the Stanley Cup final is over. And then Wednesdays, I'm talking wrestling with Craig DeMarco, where we have really dove into the list. It's been a lot of fun. Give it a listen. It's excellent. It's excellent. People, listen to the Greg DeMarco show. Listen to uh, Greg and Patrick talk about the list. It's things you don't think about, and it's it's so fun to listen to. I, I'm legitimately sitting here pimping uh, two guys I know that are doing a great job with really cool segments, so check it out. I just love that this past week's list, I was able to make rhyme. As, and Dave, you probably, it was ladies of the 80s, baby. Ladies of the 80s. Good stuff. Be sure to give Sounds all fun. be sure to give all the podcasts on the Chair Shot Radio Network a listen. We got a lot of great quality content out there. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. Finally, one last time, support us also by heading over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash chair shot. Invest in one of our mini t-shirt designs. Only $19.99 a pop. Or if you're feeling fancy, spend a few dollars more. Get it soft style. Your body will thank you. All right. That is now for real going to do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds thank you everyone for listening now get yourself out of the basement get some sun and i maybe check out the flash i don't know i kind of i guess sort of go do it it's fine do it they need your money do it dave says do it so we're gonna say do it thank you everyone for listening this has been bandwagon nerds here on the chair shot radio network part of the chairshot.com I'm glad you're okay. I have to ask you something. When you found me in that hole that they put me in, and I wasn't Kal-El, why did you help me? Because you needed help. Do you know what this symbol stands for? Supergirl means hope, right? Hope, yeah, does it mean hope? Yes. I will help you fight Zod. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland 
today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 